Hey there, Fellowship family. You are listening to a channel created for the church in Winchester, Virginia, and beyond for the purpose to encourage, inspire, and equip you to love God and love others. I'm Ashton, your host for today, and uh, sitting with me at the table are a couple of FBC pastors. Uh, to my right, right in the middle here, uh, John Morrison, pastor of biblical counseling, and to my far right, John Avery, pastor of family life. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. Doing great. Yeah. Glad to be with you. Yeah, thanks for being here this morning. This is a, kind of an intro uh, podcast to... Uh, some some really big things that are coming down the road. And uh, our goal for this particular episode is to uh, give you, uh, our listeners, a chance to to get to know these guys a little bit better, uh, know where they're coming from, know their hearts and their passions and their vision for uh, this coming, um, specifically for this, this coming uh, few weeks, um, this, this channel in general. So you, if you've been following with us for uh, the past several weeks, we've launched a few channels, um, one focused on our weekend services, Sermon Spotlight, uh, where we break down and discuss the sermons and the, the messages that are happening on our weekend services. And we've also launched a, uh, a global church podcast. Um, so this, this third channel is really about the life of fellowship. Um, this is where we will have discussions on our on our focuses as they come. Uh, we'll have opportunities to hear testimonies from people in the church uh, of what God is doing in their life. Um, opportunities for things like counseling lessons and encouragement, and really whatever the life of of fellowship is going through. This is this will be an opportunity for us to. Uh, to share and to inspire with those stories. Um, so starting off this week, uh, let's just take a moment and uh, have you guys introduce yourselves and um, your ministry history, maybe a 30, 60 second uh, testimony of how you came to know the Lord, uh, family information, anything like that. Uh, just let people get to know you. I don't, okay. John, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I uh, am, the, as you mentioned, the pastor of family life here. Uh, before that, um, I've, I've been the pastor of family life here for for three years, and before that, I was a youth pastor for 30 years, uh, 14 years at uh, Village Bible Church in Sugar Grove, uh, Illinois, and then um, 16 years as youth pastor here at Fellowship. And uh, I, <clears throat> when I was a sophomore in high school, I had a, a guy uh, really impart his life and the gospel to me, hmm. and I remember thinking to myself, I want to do what he's doing. Uh, I want to be a youth pastor. And that was kind of uh, a seed that was planted in my heart and uh, ended up going to Moody Bible Institute. And um, and then from there, just started at a small church outside of Chicago. And um, thankful for that opportunity. I've loved working with teenagers uh, for those years. Well, you're good at it, too. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I trusted Christ when I was 12 years old, uh, back in 1976. If you're quick with math, that means I'm 55. And uh, I, I remember uh, grow, growing up going to a, um, a small Baptist church in southwestern Michigan. Uh, we had gone for a number of years. And then when, we, when I was 10 years old, we stopped going to church altogether. And um, for one solid year, we slept in on Sundays. It, it, uh, it, it must be nice. Yeah, yeah. Don't recommend it. Don't re- but um, uh, when I turned 12, my dad said, um, I've got these three boys. We have got to get back into church. Mm. And so we started going to another Baptist church uh, nearby town, Woodland Shores Baptist Church. And there were some people that started visiting us on a regular basis. And um, 
they met with two people met with my parents and two people met with me and my my older brother and my younger brother and for six weeks they shared the gospel with us and I remember one night as they were telling me showing me from the Bible that I was a sinner and that I was separated from God uh, that I couldn't save myself but if I put my faith in Jesus Christ he would forgive me and be my savior and uh, it was like a light went on for me I never I I know that I'd heard that growing up all different in different contexts, uh, vacation Bible school and Sunday school and everything. But it was that I believe that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and helped me to see who Jesus really was and what he did for me. And I um, I remember asking one of the gentlemen that was visiting us, I said, so I said, so you're telling me that Jesus lives inside of me? And he goes, well, if he's not a liar. And the, it, his his response to me was was so good because just by him answering that that way, I just felt uh, assurance um, from another older believer telling me that, and obviously finding insurance assurance in in the scriptures too. Um, but it was it was good. I um, been married for thirty three years to Susan, and uh, we met in college, and uh, <clears throat> we have uh, five children, adult children together, and uh, um, seven grandchildren. So we're, we're very, very grateful for that. Um, our three older ones are married, and um, uh, I have two of favorite sons-in-law um, that are really, really great guys, um, Ashton being one of them and John's oldest son, Andrew, being the other. So I have to say that. Um, Nepot- but I, nepotism reigns. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I do. That's not why we call this podcast the Fellowship Family podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just that's to, right. Just to be yeah, clear. We're not a that. commune. Yeah, no, right, right. Yeah. So, um, but we are enjoying this phase of life that God has us in, uh, uh, just being able to um, share Christ with our grandchildren when we're together and um, just have fun together. And it's, it's a, it's a blast. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. John. And for me, um, I've been here at Fellowship Bible Church for a little over 26 years. Uh, my role was pastor of family life, the one that John is doing now for the first 23 years. And the last three or so, we have spun off one part of the role of uh, pastor of family life and m- just focused on the counseling part of that. Yeah. And so that's how I came to be pastor of biblical counseling. My background from a school standpoint is after going to the University of Texas, um, go Longhorns. Um, I went to Dallas Theological Seminary and um, and went there to try to get a solid biblical and theological foundation for what I anticipated would be a counseling ministry. And then I went on after that to Grace Theological Seminary, where I got a master's in biblical counseling. Um, and I opened a counseling practice in Houston and was there for uh, eight years with a... Um, in a, in a private counseling practice, doing all the things that counselors do, and also teaching the Bible, had a radio uh, ministry that um, was a real joy, and then uh, mm. was brought here to take on that role of pastor of family life. Yeah. So um, as for the intermarriage of our uh, staff uh, relatives, uh, I have four children, uh, oldest of whom is married to John's daughter, as he said, and uh, I have uh, a daughter who's also married, and uh, then a son, and, uh, all three of whom live in Texas, and then a fourth son who lives in Colorado. And um, we, um, 
um, can you share my, with us just like a quick testimony? Quick testimony yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, I was raised Roman Catholic, and uh, it was a big part of my life, a big part of my identity. Mm. And through it, I through the Catholic Church and through my family, I came to understand that there was a holy God and that He existed in three persons, and that He was always worthy of worship and honor. Uh, that He was full of majesty. Mm. That He was. Uh, worthy of fear and and that he loved us and uh, I certainly understood that Jesus died on the cross uh, for our sins and I certainly understood that he was raised from the dead but what I didn't understand until college was the fact that he had offered a free gift that his death on the cross and our faith in that act our faith in the act not only of his sacrificial death for us but his resurrection that that saves us that it actually gives us uh, a certainty of eternal life. And that was something I had been looking for since I was seven years old. And when I came to understand that in an interdenominational Bible study, um, it just began driving me to the scriptures and it gave me a, a joy and a, a uh, hope that I never had before. And it began to really revolutionize my life. Um, and as a result, for me, what you do in families, what you do in counseling, what's been so important to me is that we understand the grace of God because that's not only the foundation for how I come to know Christ, how somebody can know they have eternal life, but it really becomes the foundation upon which I make the changes in my life as I'm responding to God mm. through the power of the Holy Spirit that I realize it's his grace that enables me to turn away from sin. It's his grace that enables me to know that I'm not judged for past sin. It's his grace that enables me to have hope and confidence in the future. So as a result, the grace of the gospel that I came to understand at age 19 in 1974. So if you do the math, I'm stinking oh, old, as wow. my wife yeah. says. Um, um, that, that grace is uh, not only sufficient to save, uh, but it's, it's sufficient to sanctify. It mm -hmm. is the foundation upon which we live the Christian life. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was four years old when you came. To FTC. Wow. Just Remember. put that in perspective. Yeah. So the I need help with the math. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, you guys are both passionate about the family, and uh, that's evident in um, you know your your past role and your current role, and just all of the things that you're both involved in uh, within the, the church here. Um, and one of the things that we want to just break down a little bit. Um, kind of more in a general tone uh, are these things that we've started doing called focuses. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so maybe, I don't know if, which one he wants to take the, the rope on that, but maybe just give us like a, um, uh, why, why is the family something that you're, you're passionate about? Why is it important? Why is it so, uh, why are we committing so much time and resource and thought to uh, equipping families um, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, take sure. That. Well, um, you know, my I'll start with experience and then move to the scripture. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my my own experience of having a mom and dad who uh, knew Christ, who mm -hmm. they know Christ, uh, and uh, they they spent time with us. Uh, they loved us, and uh, I, I remember my dad making effort to um, read the Bible together as a family. As three boys, we didn't think maybe that that was such a great idea we would rather be playing basketball or throwing apples at each other or whatever but um we he he made an effort to um to read the bible together 
And, uh, and I, and I also watched his life. Um, he growing up, uh, my dad, uh, was, was a humble man and, uh, and he was loving and, and, and my mom as well, very loving. And so that impacted me. Um, when I, when I read Psalm 78, um, and I see that we're not supposed to hide the things of God from our children, but we're supposed to tell them to our children, um, that, uh, that <clears throat> what happens from that, you know, one of the things it says there is that we want to tell them about the praises of the Lord and his strength and the great things that he's done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so my understanding of that is, is uh, family is a great context for that because we spend so much time together. Yeah. And obviously scripture tells um, moms and dads to do that, uh, to, have their fam- to have their family centered on the word of God. Uh, but it's just talking about, it's, it's just such an opportunity for discipleship and uh, to pass on the information and to pass on the life of who Christ is um, using the Bible, uh, it, it, talking about who he is and, and what he's done. And, and in there, in Psalm 78, it says, why would we do that? Well, several reasons. One, uh, it's going to impact the generations yet to be born. And so when my dad was struggling with the living Bible, reading us the gospel of John, um, he didn't, he probably wasn't thinking, you know, this is going to impact my great grandchildren, but it did. My kids. Your kids. Yes. Right. And, and, and so um, when I was spending time with my five and Susan and I were around the scriptures and reading and um, it was impacting your kids and it's going to impact kids that we haven't even met yet. Um, and what kind of impact Psalm 78 says that so that they might put their confidence in God um, and not forget his works and obey his and obey his word. Yeah. And it's such a that that's happens in the context of family. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think very much the same. Uh, uh, my family was uh, a huge part of my life. I was one of six kids. <clears throat> and um, certainly the idea of Christ and the church were at the core of our family identity. I have said to other people, I knew I was Catholic before I knew my last name. Um, It it was a a very real part of our family life. But even more importantly for me, as I came to understand the gospel and believe it as a college student, and as I came to begin to grow in the scriptures, one of the things that happened was that I... um, I, I came to run across these passages that, in, that indicated that the father had a responsibility to train up his children. Um, not that a mother didn't, but that a particular emphasis in the scripture through the headship of the father, um, that he, had a, he bore the responsibility to a greater extent. And so um, I, I remember when I anticipated getting married, um, the few months before we got married, in 1981, um, I I realized that one of my two greatest fears was I don't have a clue how to raise a family in Christ. Mm. Um, I felt terribly inadequate for the task. I uh, by the time I got married, I'd never been in a family devotion. Mm. I mean, I heard about them, but I didn't have any idea what that meant. Sure. And so, to me, that whole idea of how you pass the baton of faith, as we re- some of us refer to uh, Psalm 78. Uh, or Deuteronomy 6, I didn't have a clue how to do that. And I was certain I would be inadequate to that task. But it was interesting, about two weeks before I got married, I was meditating on that, uh, thinking on that, uh, just in the course of my own reading of the scriptures. 
And it, it struck me at that moment, <clears throat> God isn't saying, John, your responsibility is to do the best job in the world that anybody's ever done with your kids in raising them. Or, John, you need to know exactly how to do this before you do it. It was just part of your identity is that you raise your children in the Lord. That's just part of the job. And so what I realized was God looking at me was just, will you be faithful to the extent that you know and be open to growing? And that became such a foundation for me when I thought about family ministry later was the idea of what we're calling people to is God's given you an opportunity to pass on this rich treasure of the gospel to your children who will turn it to their children who will turn it to their children. And, and there, in that passage that John cited, he referred to almost every verse in uh, verses 1 through 8 of Psalm 78. But the ninth verse says, the archers of Ephraim were equipped with, with bow, but they turned back in the day of battle. And the point that he was making was they actually had a tool they could have passed on to their children, the truth about God. Now, they didn't have an entire Bible like we do, uh, and, and they certainly didn't have the gospel like we do, but they had the knowledge of God. And they were in a position to do it, but it says they turned back in the day of battle. And that has motivated me. I don't want to be the man who turns back in the day of battle. And so I think that's a a big part of what encourages me to support the family, strengthen the family, teach the family, and in the counseling realm to help build men and women who will take that role seriously of their opportunity to train the next generation. Yeah. yeah. You know, I um, one of the things that I have appreciated and some of the things I have read and, uh, and experienced really um, in, in this whole idea of parenting and grandparenting and you mentioned it, uh, part of it is that, you know, um, there are no formulas um, and there are no guarantees, um, but he does call us to be faithful. He calls us to to depend on him and and to have the Bible be the, the uh, foundation of our families. And, you know, uh, that's the hope we have, not, not a formula or anything yeah. like that. And I, and I remember something I was taught when I was studying counseling, uh, one of our major professors, and I can't remember now whether it was Larry Crabb or Dan Allender who happened to be teaching this particular course on parenting um, because I think they co-taught it, but one of them made the comment, remember that God doesn't hold you responsible to raise good kids. He holds you responsible to be good parents. It was a brand new orientation of thought that my responsibility was to respond to God with what I knew my job to do not that I've received this guarantee that if you do it one, two, three, four, then what the result you'll get will be five, six, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Well, that helped me when I was raising teenagers because I was tempted to either get very guilty if I saw things that were not right or very angry. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, I'm not getting the result I want. I must have done something wrong. Then it's heaping guilt. Or I'm not getting what I did and I, what I wanted, and I should have, and I think I did right, so they owe me. Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying, wait a minute. Um, as one of my children said to me one day when we were talking about this very thing, he said, Dad, it seems to me that the responsibility of a parent is to be an example, to teach, to discipline, to provide. And you and mom have done that, and you've done it well. But the issue of what I do with that is ultimately between God and me. And that was a humbling thing for me to 
realize coming back to me mm-hmm. from a 16-year-old that that is really the orientation parents need. So one of the things mm-hmm. we try to do is working with parents at Fellowship Bible Church is what can we do to help equip you with the tools that will help you be able to do your part in being a good parent, mm-hmm. not in, quote, unquote, raising a good kid. Because if that daughter comes up in such a way that her life glorifies God, that is ultimately accruing to her and to the work of the Lord. You've been a part of it. You have scattered seed, you've fertilized, and you've watered. But it's ultimately the work of the Lord and her response to him that's going to be determinative. Yeah. And I think, parents, it's it's an important lesson for mm-hmm. us to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said to somebody recently in a counseling appointment, remember, um, God is a perfect father, and he's got lots of rotten kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. There's yeah. some comfort there for right. you as yeah. you're raising yeah. my kids there, yeah. Ash. That's in the message, I think. <laughs> that. Right. Well, and I think this is, and everything you just said was fantastic and incredible. And really what we're talking about is the discipleship of our children mm-hmm. and, and yeah. these truths and these principles and all of these things that we've been addressing in the family ministry and, and the church in general over these past you know, few decades have been applicable across the board to everyone in any life stage yeah. of any family. We're all yeah. a part of a family. Right. We all come from a family. We all have, you know, uh, you know, we come from those, those circles of influence. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone is parents, not everybody's grandparents, not everybody's an uncle, but we all have the, the charge from Jesus himself to, mm-hmm. to make disciples mm-hmm. and to, and right. to, Right. bear that responsibility of, right. of training and teaching. Right. Um, so, yeah. you know, that's what I've loved about these focuses of, of um, this is all great to talk about, but what does that actually look like practically? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about these big, big ideas out of scripture, but how does that apply to, to us and how can we um, bring those things into our lives in a real practical way? Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years ago, we've launched um, the fellowship at home ministry, mm-hmm. um, which is uh within the the family ministry, but uh, mm-hmm. essentially a, a resource, just yeah. resourcing families yeah. um, right. Right. to give them easy, practical um, ways to be intentional within their families. So the way we've been running it the past couple of years, if, you, if you're new to fellowship or um, haven't been around for too long, uh, we've been running two focuses a year. Mm-hmm. Um, we've focused on things like uh, the word, uh, the, mm-hmm. the value of the word of our, it was our last focus and our thrive focus. Um, we focused on marriage. We focused on technology in the home. Um, and really the goal of these focuses is to us, bring us collectively as Fellowship Bible Church to, um, to communicate truth about a specific um, area of our life that uh, we all are a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have impact in, we all are influenced by. Um, so um, maybe we, can you talk just a little bit about what that looks like practically as we're mm-hmm. in a focus? We're just now coming out of a focus. Right. Um, right. We have another one slated in, in January, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but maybe just share a little bit about some of the specifics of, mm-hmm. of what that, that looks like. Yeah. Well, um, this whole fellowship at home ministry really was a team effort from John and Charlie, uh, Dennis, uh, other pastors, um, the elders, and uh, and so it was kind of something that um, has been so helpful. And uh, kind of the three things that we we think about uh, when it comes to uh, fellowship at home and our goals really is we want to make it easy 
for families to be intentional Mm -hmm. in the discipleship of one another, of their children. And, um, and, and so the way we make it easy is we have, um, a physical home center here at church, um, and uh, people can go there, and there's all different kinds of resources, season season pointers of, yeah. of where people might be uh, in their uh, family situation. Um, we have these things called idea cards, where um, a mom and dad can come and pick it up, and uh, and they can they can say, you know what, this is easy, this is uh, uh, something doable. We can do this this week, and it's centered around the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so we just we want to make it easy, but it, it's also online yep. available. So if we have a bad snowstorm and you want a, right. an easy resource for yeah, that, it's fellowshipathome.org. We'll mm-hmm. put that in the show notes for. Yeah. yeah, yep. And so we we want to make it easy so for for families to be intentional. So we have lots of resources that way. We also say um, we want to make it more likely that families will be intentional. Right. And that's where the the focus comes in, uh, and that is uh, just. Raising the awareness and, and value of uh, uh, as a as a as a church family, focusing on something that we believe that that God is leading us to, and that that is important mm-hmm. for uh, everyone yeah. uh, to be thinking about. And as you mentioned, uh, several of them, uh, and uh, and so as as we move into this next focus. Uh, and, and the other focus is we, we have printed material, as I mentioned. Um, we're going to be doing some live events mm-hmm. um, that we'll be doing. And, and then um, like, like what we're doing now, podcasts yeah. uh, and, and different recordings and things that, that uh, we'll be talking specifically about um, our, our focus that's coming up. Yeah. And we're really grateful to Lake Point Church in Dallas, yeah. yes. Thank you. Um, Rockwall, uh, Texas, right outside of Dallas. Uh, for not only giving us the idea for this fellowship at home, but for giving us much of the structure yeah. and um, even many of the materials that we use on some of our fo- on some of our focuses, they've done some great developmental work, and uh, they they have been a a real uh, inspiration to us and encouragement to yeah, us for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I don't know if you want to get into right now the. The topic of our next focus, uh, maybe just real briefly, let us know what what's coming, what's down the road. You know, the the goal of the this next um, starting in I think starting January 11th, and then we have about three months of mm-hmm. um, where we focus on this next topic, and and each week uh, we'll be releasing a, a new podcast episode um, specifically geared towards the the focus content. Um, mm-hmm. This is not. Uh, a sermon series focus. Uh, it just worked out last last focus that the sermon series lined up with what we were focusing on together. That's not the case every time. Uh, Mark Carey's going to be in the book of Romans. Uh, we're really excited about that. Um, but outside of that, we'll have um, these podcasts released weekly, the resources um, available to everyone, and the events that um, people will be able to attend and, and get more information. But maybe just talk a little bit about... Um, what the focus is and a little bit of the why, you know, Mm -hmm. why why are we? uh, Well, and this one's an interesting one because even though all of the focuses are centered in family ministry and they involve other ministries within the church taking part, um, this is one where that is maybe even more so in the sense that Mm -hmm. we as a counseling ministry, we're planning to do a, our next counseling conference in the area of uh, gender and sexuality. And this was on kind of in our plans for a couple of years that we were going to go that direction. Well, it turned out that the family ministry also were wanting to do 
um, a focus that would somehow uh, touch in that same area of properly understanding sexuality. So we our, our effort has been to combine forces, and we're basically doing a focus for the first quarter of this next uh, year of 2020. That focus is going to be on uh, identity and sexuality. And so it's a real easy topic, as you can imagine. Uh, not much controversy, not much... Um, you know, not much deep mud, but um, our our hope is is that through addressing this, many times the church is quiet sure. on identity, quiet on sexuality. Our church has made efforts over the years to address those things in high school classes and in uh, some sermon series and in, and in uh, a variety of ways we've tried to acknowledge and address issues of sexuality, but this will be at a whole new level because it's public in front of the whole church and saying, all right, what do we need to think about with regard to issues like transgender? What do we need to think about when we think about things like same-sex attraction? How do we address such vital topics as well as just what does the Bible teach in a practical way about our identity uh, and our our sexuality? So, mm-hmm. You know, I <clears throat> on, on the way here this morning, I was um, going over the verses from our last focus as a church we decided that we wanted to memorize Psalm 119, 9 through 6, 9 through 16. And uh, one of the verses, because I don't remember the, the number, but it says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the we're, our, our, our uh, title is Identity and Sexuality, a Biblical Perspective. And I, and I think the, we, we want to go... Um, to the Bible to see what God has to say about these things because it is His way, um, and it and it is more valuable than anything else, you know, and uh, and that's what we're wanting to to see what God has to say about these things uh, for a number of reasons because He's designed us a certain way. He does, um, and we uh, we live in a broken world, and uh, and believers in Jesus are not immune from that, and there's a lot of brokenness in the church. And we want to to talk to this this um, this idea of identity and sexuality to bring hope, and to bring help and and uh, and encouragement and and to know that there really is um, answers and and uh, and joy can be found in the gospel and knowing Jesus through these things. Yeah, we we would hope one of the things that we hope permeates these various talks and printed materials and. Uh, um, question and answer sessions, various tools that we'd like to use. We want, John made the point about the fact that what the scripture teaches is that we can rejoice in God's testimonies, that actually it's the normal state of somebody seeing God's testimony in the proper light would be that you would rejoice. I think so often when we think about the concept of sexuality, um, at least in a church context, if it's ever thought about, We talked about this in an adult class last weekend, uh, that one of the comments made by many of the people in the class was, when I was coming up, A, sex was never mentioned, or B, if it was mentioned, it was always in a negative light. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's always in a negative light, we're not rejoicing in the testimonies of God regarding sexuality. That ought to be something that we can... um, that we can rejoice in. Sexuality is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And and if we see it the way God sees it, I think, in fact, it was in the context of God bringing the woman to the man and bringing them together as a couple and saying they're naked and unashamed mm-hmm. that he was then able to ultimately pronounce, now it is very good. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas without that, he was saying it was good, it was good, it was good. It wasn't very good until you had, we can put it this way, until you had sexuality. And so I think that idea of rejoicing in the testimonies of God needs to include a proper view of sexuality. And that should be uplifting and encouraging as well as correcting. Um, So it's, you know, we're we're optimistic about administering to people and Mm -hmm. giving direction where people are unsure. Um, and, and especially there are a lot of voices out in the society today telling us uh, things. We're, we'll look at a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. w- when, the, when the society is telling us many things about sexuality and the church isn't speaking about it, you run a great risk of people mm-hmm. developing their understanding of sexuality in the vacuum created by the church's silence. Yeah. And, uh, and not only by the church's silence, the vacuum, but the waves and waves of information coming from a, right. a They're going to get their information from somewhere else. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to yeah. happen. Right. And it is happening. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, next week we'll, we'll get into a little bit more uh, yeah. about this kind of more, more of an intro, more of the why um, just, you know, we want to be very clear that this is um, a, a focus that's focused on uh, the Bible, what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Um, we recognize that this is, not some lofty theological thing, but this is a very real um, that some a real focus that impacts relationships mm-hmm. and people. Um, and you know, just looking through some of the key spiritual themes and the topics that we're going through, there is this overtone of um, this is something that we uh, we believe the Bible says is important. We believe the Bible has answers, um, but we also know that um, there's no hierarchy of sin. We're mm-hmm. all sinful. Mm-hmm. We all have things that we're going through and dealing with, um, that, uh, we are as a church and as believers called to minister to people in truth, but also in grace. Yeah. Um, it's both, it's not, it's That's never right. one or the other. Right. Yeah. And when it's only one or the other, uh, it falls short uh, yeah. On, yeah. on different ways. So, um, we'll, we'll get into that more next week and, mm-hmm. and we're looking forward to that. But, yeah. um, yeah, so, uh, Wherever you're listening uh, or watching, uh, we have a video version on YouTube. If you're listening on on your podcast channel, or uh, you can find this podcast channel uh, on anywhere on your favorite apps. Um, feel free to subscribe and uh, add that to your notifications so you uh, get a you know get notified when we upload a new episode. Um, I'm not sure if we figured out exactly what day or time we're going to release this, but it will be on the same day and the same time uh, for the next. You know, however many weeks. Um, so thanks for listening. Thanks for Thank you guys. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you again next week.